Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Encourageous podcast. I just want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing and liking and all the fun stuff. Um, This podcast is very important to me because I feel like the message we try to put out in the world is to encourage people. And I feel like now more than ever, that is super important um, to put some positive light into the world. So if you don't mind sharing the, you know, the news about this little podcast with the world, that way we can get more on people, you know, get more people on board with our good message, then that would be great. Um, So enough housekeeping. All right. So today my guest is Miss Debbie. I actually, we've known each other for a few years through our church and she is an amazing woman. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear her testimony. She is just an amazing woman of God, prayer warrior, um, mother to many, even though, you know, mm-hmm. not biologically, but you're a spiritual mother to many. So I cannot wait for people to get to know you. So Debbie, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, I'm a newlywed. I just married, uh, again, my high school sweetheart. We were engaged 41 years ago and, um, you know, life uh, separated us, led us in different directions. And um, just last year we reconnected and um, I got married again and am um, just living, living great. God is good. That's awesome. And how old is Katie now? Katie is uh, eight, 19. She just turned 19. I can't believe I have a 19 year old. <laughs> My baby is 19. I know. Yeah. And she's going to Bible college, right? Is that she's where she's going? To Highlands. She goes to Highlands in Birmingham. Oh, it's cool. part of the Highlands College, uh, the Highlands Church. Yep. Um, so that's where she is. She uh, has been home since March, though. Oh. And I had to finish, you know, had to finish up online. Yeah. So, um, but she's doing really well. She found herself a little job. And so she's, you know, working and hanging out with mom. And we're just, uh, you know, Taking things slow here. Yes, I know. I feel like life just got kind of put on hold for so many people with the pandemic. So it's good that she's kind of, you know, found a new job and she's getting in the group things. It's great. I, I'm not complaining at all. I'm. I hate the, you know, the pandemic, but um, okay. I'm. I'm certainly happy that I've been able to just be home and be with her and um, my new husband and just um, be able to just. Uh, live in God's blessings. Yes, for be sure. Good. For sure. Okay. So the reason I asked you to be on this podcast today is because you have a very unique um, testimony with losing two loved ones really close together. Um, losing one is hard enough, but having two, um, that's something that I kind of have some experience with too. Um, so you and I can connect over that. But I remember it was 2017 and the nonprofit I worked for put on a marriage conference. Mm-hmm. And the first time I had ever um, really met you was at that conference where you were one of the speakers and it was so profound because you your first husband Ron that we're going to talk about today 
um, he struggled with addiction. And I remember you getting up on stage and you giving your testimony about being married to someone who was battling an addiction and he was sitting right in the audience. Yeah. I just remember thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he was like, sure, go ahead. Like you'd figure for the most part that he would have maybe either not shown up or asked you not to share that. So I remember just being like, I was like looking at him and looking at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's so brave for getting up there and he's so brave for letting her get up there. Um, so, and then it wasn't long after that he actually passed away. So can you kind of just take us back and maybe talk about your journey with his addiction and what it was like to lose him and just, you know, that whole encompassing story. Sure. Yes. Um, so, uh, uh, Ron and I were married for 19 years. He actually passed away on our 19th anniversary. Oh, I didn't know that. And, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it was, um, just a culmination of a lot of years of, of very, very serious drug abuse. Um, mm -hmm. Um, you know, not, not anything that he really could have helped. I mean, he tried, you know, he tried really hard and, um, uh, you know, so, so our story spanned, you know, I would say the last 10 years of our marriage was really intensely um, um, battling his mm -hmm. addiction. It, it began with, um, you know, a simple injury. And uh, that injury led to pain management, pain management led to pain medication, pain medication led to, you know, not being able to get enough pain medication, which over the years, uh, you know, left him uh, having to find his own self-medicating way to handle his pain. And that happened to be through, through heroin and cocaine. Mm. So, um, it, you know, it was a few years before I really knew before I really understood the depth of what was going on. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we had Katie in 2001 and he was injured in 2017. So between that period of time, you know, those first few years were, were great. Everything was wonderful. I, um, I thought that I, uh, was Cinderella, uh, you know, that, um, my prince had come. I, I even, when, before we got married, I, I called Disney and told them, I, I really believe I'm Cinderella. I, I want you to let me get married there. And so I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> but like, they, didn't, just, they didn't see it my way. No. <laughs> just if we're cook a hundred grand and that dream can happen. <laughs> you know? So, but anyway, you know, I really did feel like, um, we had a great life. We, um, attended church. We were, um, active in our church. He was active. Um, we, you know, we, we didn't have any, um, there weren't any flags. I mean, there was nothing to suggest that, you know, there was a deep, dark secret. There wasn't a deep, dark secret. Yeah. Uh, he just was injured and, um, the way pain management worked at that time, I do believe it's much different now. Um, but at that time, you know, it just was kind of like a pill mill and, you know, he got what he wanted, he got what he needed whenever he wanted it until, you know, the authorities figured out what was going on with doctors and they, you know, kind of, kind of ended that. Yeah. And that sent a lot of people to the streets looking for, looking for, you know, their next fix. And um, mm -hmm. so he, um, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time um, finding ways to cover it up um, from me. Um, and from his job, uh, you know, from his, his daughter, our family, 
Um, so there were a few years in the beginning that I, I wasn't really understanding. And, and um, uh, I, I remember the day that I um, really, when it really hit me, um, I was just devastated. And mm -hmm. I, that's the first time I went to Lakeside. And uh, I, I walked into the church and I, I was broken. I was crying. I just was crying and crying and crying. I don't know what Pastor Jason spoke about that day. Yeah. I don't have any idea. I sat in the back in the corner and I just sobbed yeah. uh, because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, I, I went forward at the end and I spoke with Pastor Jason and I told him, a little bit about what was going on. I said, I, I don't know what to do. And mm. he looked at me and he said, you do know what to do. At the time, I didn't understand that. Uh, so, so when I left, I left feeling like I, I was still lost. But um, very soon after that, I, I did understand what he meant. And what he meant by that was that I needed to love my husband the way that Jesus loved my husband. Mm. And... Um, uh, you know, there were, there, I'm not going to say, you know, that I handled things perfectly. I did not. <laughs> there were, there were many times I said all the cliche things, you know, if he loved me, mm. he wouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. If we were important to him, he would get this under control. He would, he would take care of this. He wouldn't let this happen to us. And that, you know, there's nothing further from the truth. Mm. There's nothing further from the truth. And um, you know, he would, he would, he would say to me, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, please give me another chance. Just give me one more chance, one more chance. Um, and, you know, finally, I just asked him to stop saying, give me one more chance because I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You don't need another chance with me. Um, we need to, we need to rely on God to, to pull us through this. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he started rehab he started going to rehab i believe his first time was maybe in 2013 or 2014 somewhere around in there and he was in and out of rehabs uh, quite often um uh, you know he because his heart was his heart was good it was in a good place he wanted to get better um and i uh, so you know he would always go away because he didn't, he didn't want to be in this area because this area is where, you know, where all of his um, contacts were. So he would go away. Um, but, but it doesn't matter where you go. Mm -hmm. It's so pervasive in our society that, you know, for anyone that wants something, it's right there, you know, they just have to ask. And so he, he never could get away from it. Um, and in his last two years, uh, we're, that's when we really, we really began, Katie and I began to really understand the depth of this disease. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had a lot of counseling um, to, to try to help us understand and not blame him and not hold him responsible, but to support him um, and, and do the best that we could to help him. Um, and he, you know, he would go to rehab and he would do great for a while and he would come home and you know, uh, something would happen and, and he would be off again. And, you know, it was just a, it was a very sad um, circle of, of just horror for him and for us as well. But, yeah. but, you know, the, 
the main the main thing I felt was was for him. I mean, you know, you love your husband and you don't want to see him suffer. You don't, you know, it breaks my heart to remember him saying things to me like, you know, this this beast is too big. I I can't do anything about this. And, you know, uh and 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 just fall to his knees and, you know, and cry out for for deliverance and and uh you know and I, I mean I I don't know um exactly I can't say why you know he didn't get better I don't know I I believe that our God is sovereign and I know that he knew what was going to take place before it took place and I feel like um you know I I had the opportunity to um to minister just a little bit, maybe, um, to become a stronger woman myself, mm-hmm. to um, make sure that my daughter is a strong woman because she had to live through something that, you know, yeah. your daughter or your son shouldn't have to live through. You know, yeah. um, there, are, there are things that she witnessed that, you know, no child should have to witness um, yeah. at all. Uh, you know, and the fear of her dad not coming home, uh, you know, it was a very real fear for her. It was a very real fear for me. Uh, and um, so, you know, the when I was asked to give my testimony uh, at that marriage conference, my testimony was just one of, of love and grace and mercy, uh, all beginning with God. Uh, yeah. God loved me and God loved Ron. And he was merciful and gracious to both of us. Um, and uh, I don't have any doubt, you know, when Ron left this earth, I, I know his last breath here was his first breath with Jesus. Yes. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. God gave me a very real and concrete um, um, indication of that. And so, I, you know, I don't worry about him at all. I don't worry about that at all. I'm grateful that God gave me the opportunity to know Ron mm. and to love him and to be loved by him. Uh, without Ron, I wouldn't have Katie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I couldn't ask for anything more. Mm. I, we had, a, we had a good life. It was a rough life. It was a very, very rough life, mm. but it was a good life. Yeah. We had, um, great support with church. Um, my church became we you know my church became my family yes uh, and and there in and you know you mentioned uh being kind of amazed that ron was sitting there listening to all of this um i i asked i told him i was um, asked to speak i i wrote the testimony um i gave it to him and told him that if there was anything in there he did not want for me to say i would not say it mm-hmm. He did not ask me to remove anything. Um, and he, I told him he didn't have to go if he didn't want to. And he wanted to go. Um, his, his struggle and battle with his addiction was very public at our church. Um, and, and he was supported by everyone, you know. I mean, everyone who knew Ron loved Ron. Um, and he was very well supported. Mm. So, uh, you know, I don't think that he was ashamed sitting there hearing what I said about him and about us. 
because there was nothing bad said. I, I loved him. Yep. And he loved me. And we loved God. And I don't think that, um, I, I don't, I don't think that he saw anything wrong in that at all. And we had a great time after that. I mean, I, you know, I have pictures in the photo booth where he was laughing, cutting up and he, he wasn't, he wasn't hurt. He, he wanted help. He wanted to be, he wanted to be free. Mm. Yep. And I know, um, free now. that other people knew about it. Mm -hmm. I, for one, did not know mm -hmm. about it. So mm -hmm. I remember when, um, when I heard you speak, I just, I was blown away because when we first came to Lakeside in 2014, Ron was one of the very first people who ever said hello to us. Yeah. And I, I love what I loved most about him was that he was always smiling. He was always happy. Mm -hmm. Every single week he would make a point to find us in the crowd. And if we weren't there, like if we missed a Sunday the next week, he'd say, Hey, missed you guys last week. Is everything yep. okay? So I can attest same like you did to the fact that Ron was a wonderful person. This wasn't like, you know, when you think of a, someone who's addicted to drugs, you think of like people who are like these terrible people or like right. homeless people. You don't think about people that are right in our midst every day, parents, coworkers, right. friends, like it could be anyone. And so I think that's an important. It, it is anyone. It is anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a terrible thing. It is. I know. I was so shocked. And then was it a month, a month after that, that he passed? So you gave your testimony in February, because it was a Valentine's Day mm -hmm. event, and then the next month he passed away. Oh, I know that was like, that was, do you feel like, um, I've heard other people at the church say that like, that was you giving that testimony was almost like God was giving you a peace, like releasing, you know, releasing. No, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, we, you and I worked on a, a project together where we did some, some, uh, had a, a small group of, of women uh, that were dealing with grief. Yep. And, uh, and I remember when you asked me um, to, to co-lead that with you, I, I really didn't feel qualified mm. to do that. I didn't, um, I didn't, I felt like I was out of place because I'm, I wasn't, the grieving widow, mm. um, even though it had only been two years, um, I, I wasn't the grieving widow um, because my my journey with Ron lasted for so long mm. that you know I, I my my fairy tale ended you know long ago, mm. and so it it became for me our relationship became more about showing him the love of God and keeping him covered in the love of God. Um, it did, um, then our marriage, you know, I, I, I just, I just felt like, um, I didn't feel like I should be talking about grief because I wasn't grieving. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not grieving still. I'm not going to grieve him because he's free. Um, it was a it was a month when he passed away, and um, I'm not gonna say it wasn't hard. You know, I, I we were married for almost 20 years. We were together for for 23 years, um, but uh, you know, I don't know. It just seems it seems to me like um, I I I just think that our time on on earth is so short, um, and we we need to love while we can because we don't we we're not promised tomorrow. 
That's true. And um, so um, I, but I enjoyed working with you on that project. Oh, I just, I just kind of felt kind of out of place. I wish everybody could feel what I feel. Mm. I don't, I don't, feel, I know I miss him, yeah. but I don't feel sadness about that, you know? And I guess for me, it's a little bit different because I mean, I, I, I didn't lose him abruptly, you know, even though it was a shock that he died yeah. uh, for, for most people and, and especially in the manner that he died. But for me, you know, I, I kind of was losing him as a husband a little bit every day, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it, it was, it was a little bit different, yeah. but, um, you know, hard, but, but peaceful. I mean, I'm, I'm at peace. I'm happy for him and, and I'm happy. I mean, God gave me an incredible gift with him. I, and I just, uh, you know, I've been able to experience so much because of mm. my life with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. God created this life for me and, um, that life for him and he gave us a beautiful daughter who's uh, you know gonna change the world <laughs> yep yeah and so with the grief study i think we were perfect because we made a perfect team um, <laughs> each person experiences grief differently so the fact that you and i both went through similar situations and yet we did it differently i think that was a testament to the women to kind of show them like it's okay that because some women were grieving you know we had a couple sisters in the group that were having a much harder time mm -hmm. than how you and i dealt with it and we so i think it was it was awesome and i've got a lot of positive feedback about like you just you it's like you always knew what to say when somebody had like a breakdown in class and i sometimes i'm like oh what do i i don't know what to do and like you were like you knew exactly what to say so yes you were not out of place for future you know just well, so you know. You. <laughs> okay so then um as i mentioned kind of earlier um you lost ron and then shortly after your stepson passed away and his was a little bit different because he was actually murdered so that mm -hmm. was you know, a whole different storm than what you had dealt with before. So how far, how far apart his, the son was Ron, John is what everyone called yes. him. And then Ron. Ron. So how, mm -hmm. how far apart was that? I remember it was really close, but I don't remember how far apart. Right. Ron passed away in March and, uh, and Ron John died in June. March. So just a couple months later, Ugh. Um, you know, we, we got the word that he had been, um, that he had been shot uh, there in Claremont and killed. And um, yeah, not something that you know you ever think you're going to go through mm -mm. very very surreal um, you know but again god knows uh god knows and he and he prepares us he puts us in a place where we need to be and where you know where i was when i found out when i got the news about ramjan was right where i needed to be and that was in church mm. um, right right there in in church you know, and, um, um, you know, that was a, a very sad time, a very sad thing to happen. Yeah. Um, Ranjan and I were very close. Mm. Uh, although, um, in the beginning of my marriage to his dad, he did not like me at all because I wasn't his mother. Exactly. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, over the years we became very close and, I adore him. Um, he uh, also suffered from uh, drug addiction. And, uh, you know, just um, because he was young, I think, um, you know, our young ones think that they're invincible. And, um, uh, you know, he just wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't heed warnings. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't think that anything could ever happen to him. Uh -uh. Um, and, 
he made a wrong choice one night and um, that wrong choice led to the loss of his life. Mm. I know I actually, we had went to the earlier service, I think, and I'd saw you at church that day. And then later in the afternoon, I got contacted by law enforcement because I guess they went to Facebook and mm. they saw that like they were looking up trying to get a hold of you. So they reached out to me like, Hey, we see that you're friends with this, um, Debbie Stedelin. Do you have her phone number? And I was like, mm, I don't think I do, but I, I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook. I can reach out to her if you need. And they're like, Oh no, um, we just needed to contact her about something. And then when I found out why I was just like, I literally felt sick to my stomach because I'm like, she just lost her husband. And now her stepson, like, I just remember it was instantly like, but I just saw her at church this morning and she seemed okay. And then, oh. and so I remember thinking just like, what a terrible, terrible day that must've been for you so I know I can't imagine day. <laughs> oh, yeah heartbreaking so I know obviously anytime someone loses a loved one it's like the literally the worst thing you can go through were you able to were any like valuable life lessons gleaned from the experience of losing Ron and Ron John um life lessons well I I think that probably uh my whole life with the my Stedlin boys was was a life lesson uh and and that lesson was just to you know to completely lean on on God I mean mm. just completely lean on my father for everything yeah. um I I you know through through dealing with Ron um during his um time here I, I I spent quite a lot of time in counseling myself and there was a there was a point at which one of my counselors whom I dearly love and I I, I this man is just incredible um, and he's a pastor and and uh, and he said to me one day he said you know Debbie Satan isn't after Ron he's he's already got Ron mm. he's after you Wow. You need to prepare yourself for battle. Mm. That's how you have to look at this is a battle, um, a battle for your family, for your husband, for your own spiritual welfare. You're being called to battle. Wow. And, and, and that hasn't ever left me. Mm. Um, um, probably, I don't know, it might've been maybe, maybe 18 months before Ron died that he said that to me. And, um, uh, you know, and there were times when I physically felt, I physically felt like I was in battle. Um, mm -hmm. and certainly, you know, in, in my prayer life, um, most definitely on my knees, I could, I, I felt physically beat up, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, but, all the while I know I knew that I was being held yeah you know by my father mm. and so the day that I found out about Ron John uh, I I just remember the only thing I could say the only could I, the only thing I could think even was you're not you're not going to beat me down Satan mm. you're not gonna win you're not you 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 you're not gonna defeat me in this life you 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 can't use my husband's death against me. You're not going to use my son's death against me. Mm. I'm not leaving this church. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of times um, Satan does try to take our circumstances and flip it around so that he can pull us away from where we need to be. Yeah. Where we're supposed to be. Um, because if he can get us away from there, you know, and he can't take our salvation but he can certainly take our joy. Mm. He, can, he can certainly, he, he may not, Pastor Jason said one time, and, I, and I'm not going to quote it because I don't remember it exactly, but paraphrasing, he said something to the effect of, you know, Satan can't take 
away your salvation. He can't take you to hell, but he can put you through it here on earth. Mm. And um, that is very true. Um, And so as women, I, I, you know, I I believe that your audience is mostly women. And so I want to say that as a woman, we have to, we have to be emboldened. We have to stand up. We, you know, yes, we're the weaker vessel in a relationship, but we are, we are women of, of the almighty God, of the one and only, the I am, the Mm -hmm. Alpha, the Omega. And so we, we have to remember who we are and not let Satan um, push things in our way to take our eyes off of him. Yeah, that's good. Uh, So, you know, those were things that I constantly had to remind myself, you know, you don't step away, don't look away. Uh, I I didn't, I didn't miss a day of church. Mm. I didn't miss a day of church after I lost Ron. Um, I I just, uh, you know, you, you have to, if, you know, if you don't surround yourself with uh, what you need, then you won't have it when you need it. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, um, I just can't say enough about keeping yourself right where you need to be. And that is in, in the, in, in the word every day, in your prayer life every day, in your prayer closet, when you, you know, you should be in your prayer closets, you should be leaning on, leaning on our father mm. to help us through all of our situations, no matter what the situations are, you know, some people say to me, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what you've been through was so horrible and I can't believe it. And you know, I don't understand how anyone could go through that. Well, there are people that have been through much worse than me. Mm. Much worse. I I would never I would never want to think that um, you know my situation uh, is is somehow um, deeper and more hurtful than than any other person's uh, because it's not. Mm. And and the fact of the matter is, the one who gave his son is the one whose hurt is the deepest. Mm. And most definitely in this world now, I, I can't imagine how our father feels. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm thankful for every moment that I had with Ron. I'm thankful for every moment that I had with Ron John. I'm, I'm thankful that neither of them have to suffer. Mm. Any, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm just not gonna pretend about that. They suffered, seriously suffered here. Uh, and, and it's hurtful to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's hurtful. It's painful. You know, it's, um, I mean, and the same thing with my, you know, my, I lost my mom in 2015. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. To Alzheimer's. And, uh, you know, I, I just, um, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I miss her. She's my mom, <laughs> you know, I miss her. And there's a lot of times that I, I certainly wish I had my mom to talk to. Um, but she suffered so much physically. Wow. That I, you know, I can't, I can't begrudge that. I can't wish her back here. I don't wish her back here. I, and I'm so thankful that God honored me with the opportunity to be beside her when she took her last breath. Mm. And, and, and then I could say to her, you know, go and, and be with God and go and be with my dad and, and be free, be free, you know, be perfect because that's what they are now. Yeah mom is perfect. Ron is perfect. Ron John is perfect. And they don't ever have to feel, my boys don't ever have to feel inferior again. Mm. They don't ever have to, you know, feel like they're a disappointment or, you know, there's just none of that anymore for them. Yeah. So, and I, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm that's lovely. An opportunity to, to learn from that. Yeah. 
And that's actually a huge blessing that I guess I, I never really even thought about it like that because um, the way I lost my daughter was to cancer. And of course she suffered miserably um, towards the end. It was just, I mean, she stopped eating. She was like barely could even stay awake. Like she suffered miserably. And so in the same respect as you, I'm thankful that she she no longer is suffering. Um, and I do selfishly wish she was back here. I'm like, I wish that she, cause you know, there's, there's people who survived cancer. So yeah. if I could go back and like, if I was able to change the past, of course I would bring her back, but obviously that's not an option. So I'm so thankful that, you know, I was right next to her, just like you were next to your mom when she passed away. She passed away right here in her house, actually with you know, family and friends surrounding. So it was a very, you know, we weren't in a sterile hospital or anything. It was just right here in the right. comforts of our own home. But with that said, I have family members who committed suicide. And, you know, I kind of have that, I always wonder in the back of my head, like, you know, did they truly know Jesus? I don't have that. I can't say that they did or that they didn't. So I always will have that kind of lingering, like not guilt, but like almost like in the back of my head, like that's always like, but what if? you know, what if they're not there when, you know, and I, the only way we'll really know is when I get to heaven, either they're there or they're not. Um, mm -hmm. So I do, I do think that now that you mentioned that, that it is a blessing that you know for certain that they're all, they're good. They're all good. It is an amazing blessing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I'm, a, you know, uh, I found out about Ron uh, on, on a Tuesday and I couldn't go see him. He, he died in West Palm Beach. So I couldn't go uh, because he was at the medical examiner's office. So I couldn't go until um, Friday oh, wow. they, when they released him to the funeral home. So um, for I'm not going to lie, for those three days, I, I, I was a wreck um, because, because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I, you know. I didn't know for sure. And I, I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat. And I just, all I did was pray and talk to God the whole time. Just pray and talk and pray and beg and plead to please let me know. Please, please give me a sign. Please tell me something. So when we were driving down to um, uh, West Palm Beach, the boys were in the front. Uh, they were driving and I was sitting in the back seat, which I don't ever do. Um, so I'm sitting in the back seat with Katie and um, because I'm in the back seat and nothing to do, I'm looking at the clouds. Uh, which also I never get to do because I'm always driving. True. So, um, you know, looking at the clouds and uh, I, I look at this one cloud and Ron was a, a tournament kingfisherman uh, and a kingfish is a very specific, uh, has a very specific look about it. Uh, so I, I look at this cloud and it's a kingfish cloud. It looks exactly like a kingfish. Oh my God. And I, you know, I, 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 I read, I, I, looked down and I started to cry a little bit and uh, I grabbed my phone so I could take a picture because I knew nobody would believe that I just saw a picture of a kingfish in the, in the sky and when I turned back to look at the cloud it had turned into a heart and I knew the same cloud that was a kingfish mm. had just in a matter of seconds become a heart. Wow. And so I knew I, I had been I had been asking my father for three days to please tell me to please give me a sign, to please ease my, ease my, my spirit. Mm. And he did for wow. me that day. That's awesome. And there were a couple, there were a couple of other things that happened that were just kind of like really weird, uh, strange things that happened, you know, to let, to let me know, uh, when we went in July, um, to St. Augustine to, um, uh, Ron and Ron John both love the ocean. And so the ocean is where I put them. Uh, so um, in late July, uh, my family and I went there and 
we chartered a boat and we went out, you know, as far as we could go and spread the ashes and uh, came back and we were all exhausted. Nobody wanted to do anything but go back to the hotel except for Katie who wanted to go shopping <laughs> because that's what my girl does, shop. And she's just saw this cute little store. It was called something about a sparrow, I think, um, two little sparrows or something. And she wanted to go and it was a little boutique. And so, you know, we, we, we walked in and everybody was rumbling about it, you know, and <laughs> as soon as I walked in, I could tell it was a Christian store and the owner happened to be there. And she said, uh, hi, you know, and there were plenty of people to talk to, but she honed in on me, um, for a purpose, you know, for a purpose, God was there. And so she's talking to me and, um, you know, she asked me, you know, how, what we're doing in St. Augustine. And I tell her, you know, she's showing me around the store and Katie's off somewhere. And Julia, my granddaughter was with me, Ron John's daughter. And she said, you know, why don't you come to the back of the store? I'd like to show you this. Um, this is my prayer wall. And it was a, the whole back of the store was a wall and it had pegs. Uh -huh. in it. And um, on, on the pegs were these labels hanging with string. And she said, you know, if you have a, you know, if you have a prayer request and you'd like to put one up on the wall, you know, she said, here's some labels and some tags and, you know, go ahead and write your prayer request and put it up there, you know, and if you'd like to take one, feel free to take one and you can pray for someone. And, and I said, okay, thank you. And of course, Julia looked at me. She said, Mimi, can I make a prayer? Can I do one? And Aww. I said, sure. So she wrote on hers, uh, she wrote, um, you know, dear God, please tell my daddy I love him and I miss him. Aww. And so she gave it to me and I, I reached for a peg and I pulled the, the one, I pulled one off and I put hers on the one that I pulled off. So the one that I pulled off said um, something like um, 19 years uh, of the best marriage ever. Uh, I know it was hard. Um, but I love you, Ron. What? Yeah. Blew me away. <laughs> Blew me away. Now, what are the chances, you know, that of all those pegs, and there had to be like a hundred. Wow. You know, of all the pegs, what are the chances that the, that the one I put an, a note for my granddaughter, for her daddy, is the same one that I pull off one that is talks about 19 years worth of marriage to the to the best woman or something like that you know i know it's been hard but i love you ron wow crazy blew me away oh my so gosh. you know there again just just another you know just a little sprinkle from my father to say you know i love you and i got him wow. and everything's good i'm like yeah. speechless after that that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I've had some really crazy things happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, really, really crazy things. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so if there's someone listening to this right now who is either has a loved one struggling with addiction or maybe just lost a loved one because of addiction, is there what, what encouragement, aside from the stuff you've already said, is there anything else you would like to add just to, to encourage someone in that spot? Well, I think that... Um, for me, one of the main things that really helped me, um, aside from my faith, was educating myself, mm. uh, you know, and just 
beginning to understand that um, it is a disease mm. that it's, you know, it's, it might not start out that way, you know, in, in all cases, but it definitely ends up that way because there reaches a point where they cannot help themselves any longer. The, the, you know, the, the beast, as Ron said, is just too big to handle. Mm. And so, you know, they just, and, Edu educating yourself helps you understand that, you know, saying things like, if you loved me, you wouldn't do this when that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm. You know, that's, that was the furthest thing from the truth for Ron. He did love us. He loved us immensely. Um, and, and the fact that he tried so hard is proof that mm. he loved us, you know, um, and for, you know, for whatever, whatever reason God had in store, um, you know, his story ended differently. Uh, I know several people who, who, who have been able to be successful, you know, and so um, I, I think my two things would be educate yourself so that you know where you stand. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, you have to have healthy, you have to have healthy boundaries. Um, and then uh, don't, don't step away from your faith. Don't, no matter what because Satan's got them, he's coming after you. Uh -huh. uh, and so protect yourself, guard yourself, guard your heart, because it, it breaks so easy. And just, um, you know, just, just rely on God, just lean in and listen to him and let him, let our father love, love us, you uh -huh. know, unconditionally. Uh, and, then, and then love your loved one unconditionally. Uh -huh. Um, that's how I loved Ron. Yeah. Unconditionally. That's awesome. That's I, I had to learn to love Ron that way though. You yeah. know, it doesn't, doesn't come naturally to us to love unconditionally. Um, but, but through, uh, through that experience, I did learn to love him unconditionally. Mm. I didn't like what he did, uh, but I had boundaries and, um, and, and, you know, and so we were okay, mm. um, but, but just, um, you know, keep your, keep yourself as close as you can to your father and educate yourself and keep your boundaries. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Something you just said reminded me, um, where you said like, you didn't love what he did, but you loved him. It reminds me of that quote, um, like hate the sin, love the sinner mm -hmm. kind of goes back to that. It's like, yep. you know, I think there's a difference between loving someone and enabling them yes because i feel like too often people if they have a loved one who struggles oh they need money for this i'll just give it to them i don't want them to end up homeless and really what they're doing is you know they're not being true with their intentions of what maybe they want right. to use that money for or they lie to get things and so mm -hmm. i feel like that's an important distinction is you know there's a difference between loving them unconditionally mm -hmm. and enabling them like so boundaries i think are that's very where, that's where educating yourself comes from that's where you you know you learn about uh, healthy boundary setting and uh you know and and how not to enable and not, you know, it, it took me a while to, to understand, you know, uh, it, it, in, in the first part of our, in the first phase of our dealing with, with his addiction, uh, you know, we, we started out and celebrate recovery many, many years ago. And I, and I remember, you know, going and I went there to support him, you know, and, and all the while I'm saying, you know, I, I'm not enabling him. I'm not, I mean, 
you know, I'm not doing that, but I was, mm. you know, I was. And so educating myself helped me understand where, you know, where I was, where, where I was failing him. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn how to not enable, how to set the boundaries that I needed to set, but most importantly, how to just give him to God. Yeah. I, I just had to give God. Yep. Definitely one of those things that, you know, easier said than done. It's quite, oh, cool. quite a process. Much, I'm sure. Much, much, much easier, but not yeah. impossible because if I can do it, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's just, uh, and I don't want to say just as, as in like, it's simple because it's not, but, but with, you know, but with time and, and leaning in to our father and listening to the Holy spirit and letting the Holy spirit lead you and guide you and letting God comfort you and hold you uh you know it's very doable Mm -hmm. it's very achievable um and and it's very possible you know to to love unconditionally Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know sometimes that's the only choice you've got and um and we certainly have been loved unconditionally yep so uh you know i'm i'm gonna do my very best yep to do the very same thing and I feel like easy. that point even goes not even just to losing someone to an addiction or battling addiction. That even goes to like towards what's happening in the world right now with everything. Yes. Yeah. With people trying to, you know, this, this side versus that side, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, even it goes to back. And really the whole point is that Jesus loved everyone unconditionally and all of us. we should do that too, no matter what, regardless of race or regardless of religion or whatever political views you have it really so I feel like that's good advice just in life in general that's what I said you know when we first started talking I I can't imagine how my father's heart is breaking Mm, today watching watching his children behave the way that we're behaving I just uh, I, 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 I spent yesterday and today very quiet very prayerful yeah very sad yep for my brothers and sisters Mm, me too I know I've been so like, it's been such like a today. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but my daughter who passed away today is her birthday. She would have been 10 years old. Happy yeah. heavenly birthday. Yes. And so I'm kind of generally sad on this day anyways, but on top of losing her and then having to deal with her, you know, a birthday without her here, um, dealing with this, this situation that we have going on right now, I was just like, I took two naps today. Cause I just, when I'm, when I get really overwhelmed with emotions and stress, my body like shuts down and I just want to sleep. Yeah. And so I'm just like, and my brain is on overload nap. And I literally, <laughs> I never take naps. So for me to nap twice in one day is like, Oh, so it's definitely scary, scary time we're in right now. It's taxing on all of us. I don't, I just, it makes me sad. Me too. Me too. So you've obviously given us a lot of wonderful wisdom and you've graced us with your presence. So I appreciate that. Um, if people really liked your message or if they maybe just want to reach out to you and connect with you, where or how would you recommend that they do that? They can certainly email me. Okay. What is your email address? My email is Debbie Green, uh, D-E-B-B-I-E-G-R-E-E-N 62 at yahoo.com. Perfect. I know that. And I'm you're always so good about responding. So I know you'll just so everyone listening yes. to this knows, when I, Miss Debbie and I spoke months ago about doing this interview, and then I just, life got in the way, and I hadn't scheduled it, and then when I reached out to you again, you said, I always have time for you. I'm like, oh, come on, could you be any more of a saint? Like, you know, so. Oh boy, no. <laughs> no, 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 not that at all. <laughs> well, I was very, very grateful for your, um, you know, you setting aside time to share your message, because I know this can 
you know, this can speak to someone who has lost a loved one. This can speak to someone who's struggling in their faith. This can speak to someone who, you know, is scared and just needs some comfort. So your, your message transcends more than just what you've been through. You're, you're such a source of positivity and, you know, comfort. So I know that people are going to love this message. So thank you, Miss Debbie, for coming on here. You're very welcome. I would do anything for you. Oh my goodness. See, there it is. Well, thank you everybody who's tuned in and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous Podcast. I hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired. Come back every other Thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe. Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Thank you.